So for Airco, um, you know, it's keep growing, um, keep hitting the market extremely hard. Yeah, revolutionizing the way the phone system industry works, uh, how our software is going to revolutionize uh, uh, companies, the way they work, the way they integrate their phone to their tools. Going to, of course, a billion dollar company. We are not so far anymore, but uh, still a long way. So um, you're halfway there. That's pretty good. Not halfway. One. <laughs> one quarter way. I don't know, I want to make my mom proud somehow. Uh, and uh, that would be bu building uh, like a billion dollar company. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. Episode 75, part four, and concluding episode of a mini-series with Jonathan Angelov, co-founder and COO of Ericol. In this final episode, we find out about Jonathan's belief regarding a lot of faster-developing tech areas, and more importantly, why they should be adopted and introduced into the business with caution. And he has some amazing advice for anyone seeking to start a business. How do you stay healthy? I mean, you're working an awful lot. Is it, is, it, is it all that physical work in the hotel that keeps you going? And uh, <laughs> like, do you find time to look after your diet and stuff like that? What's it like? L luckily, I, um, I, I'm, as you see, I'm quite thin, so very thin. Uh, but I eat like a pig. Um, <laughs> but I, I, Lucky I, guy. I, uh, I eat only three times a day. I never eat in between uh, meals. So that makes it quite you know, healthy kind of. Unfortunately, I would love to say, yeah, you know, like, like the Americans would say, you know, I do sports, wake up at 6 a.m., I do a lot of sports, etc., etc. No, I'm, I'm a fucking lazy ass. I wake <laughs> up at 8.30, I'm tired every morning. Uh, um, and I, yeah, I don't do sports enough, unfortunately. And I have this bad excuse of saying I don't have time, which is wrong when you want. You can have time. Uh, but um, yeah, I kind of... I'm, Luckily, I'm still young, uh, 32. Uh, I don't have like the big impact of uh, being older, but one day probably I'll start having problems if I, if I keep doing like that. But Do you see any other um, tech trends uh, around you or business trends outside of your own business that, uh, that catch your attention, that kind of excites you at the moment? I'm very curious about what will happen with machine learning. Uh, I'll say what I think of machine learning and all this is that there is a big belief that it will come fast and and that you know autonomous cars all this you know will come and it's amazing etc etc I really don't buy that I unfortunately think that there is things that is really hard for a non-human being uh, to analyze and to take decisions um, and I, I think it will I'm very curious of what will happen, and I'm really curious to see in 10 years from now, you and I in this same room, what would the world be uh, on the machine learning side? Will it be what all we believe, like uh, autonomous cars, autonomous uh, drivers everywhere, or it won't be? You know, if you take the example of autonomous car, okay, this car is driving on the highway. On the left, there is a car. Uh, not, not even, you're on the left, you have this line where you cannot cross and you see like uh, a deer passing the highway. 
So the regular car sees this line and knows they cannot cross the line. Yeah. But they see the deer. They could avoid the deer by go crossing the line, but they won't do it because it's a machine. While the human being would say, hey, of course I won't, I will cross the line and avoid the deer. Yes. I was watching a, a Russian science fiction movie, as you do, uh, a few nights ago, uh, made in 1972, I recommend it. It's called Solaris. And I was amazed. Uh, it's one of these really groundbreaking movies, but, but it was my first time seeing it. Uh, I love movies, but I was amazed that they had driverless cars in the movie yeah. because of a lot of confidence in Russia at the time. They were in the space race. And the guy was communicating in a Zoom type of uh, mode uh, yeah. from the car. So, you know, uh, if you think back to that time, I mean, the US had just put somebody on the moon. Before that, Russia had put somebody uh, doing a spacewalk. Uh, you know, if you think about, um, I put the first satellite up, I should say, if, and the spacewalk before them. Um, but if you think about those things, we would have expected to be f much further down the road in the space race than we actually are. So I think 10, 15 years is very hard to predict. It's very hard. It's very hard. And that's why um, some, uh, when I look at some companies, what, how they invest in machine learning and so on, I'm like, so either I'm totally wrong and it will come very quickly, either everyone is wrong and uh, um, we're just in investing in things that will take way more time than we, we think um, to be able, because the human has something, is the mind, and a machine will never have the mind. They can learn, but the mind is something unical. Oh, um, never say never. <laughs> it will happen one day, but I don't believe it's a long so way fast. Away, of course. It's a long way. It's a long way. It's yeah. really a long way. And it's funny because uh, there is some things that haven't changed in almost 50 years. Uh, if you look at the plane industry, uh, it, oh, it, it, you had the Concorde that was going from Paris to New York very quickly. Uh, what happens today? <laughs> Did not lose money. <laughs> it, it, it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. And today we are still taking as much time than. 40 years and, ago, and that was, to and that was, and that was hubris on the part of the British and French governments. They knew it was losing money, but they just couldn't step away, you know. So things are not that easy yeah. as they sound. So I think that it will take more time. So yeah, I'm, I'm following very, very closely uh, what happens, especially I have a friend of mine that has a, a company into blockchain, machine learning, all this. So following up. You, you, we'll you keep your eye on it anyway. Yeah, I keep my eye. If you were to give one or two tips to somebody looking to be an entrepreneur, whether they're stepping away from uh, a safer role, like that CEO that so lightly said, oh, just 200 people, that's not so many, uh, you know, who obviously doesn't understand what it's like when you jump off that building. Uh, if you give some advice to somebody who's thinking of actually taking that brave step, what would you advise that uh, future entrepreneur? Really, don't be... Um, don't be afraid of, of feigning. Um, uh, it depends where you are, but in France it can be shit because it's, it's bad perceived to fail, but elsewhere I feel it's not bad perceived to fail. So you, you gotta try, do it, take a year. Take a year to do it. It won't ruin your career or whatever. And if you do it, be focused, be super focused on what you do, what's your vision and how to execute. Don't believe in the fact that you're your idea is worth billions. Uh, don't believe in the fact that if you tell to your friend, hey, that's my idea, he's gonna, he's gonna take it. It doesn't work like that. Um, I said it previously, but ideas are, are worth nothing. Um, so yeah, it, it's important to try. But the, 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 the bad, the, 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 the other um, advice I have is 
don't do it because you think it's fashion to to do uh, a startup because startup now it's everywhere you hear startup startup <laughs> everyone is a startup now back in the days <laughs> like five six years ago when i graduated uh, everyone wanted to be a banker and now it's everyone to be a startup so don't do it because it feels it's where you're gonna make money it's actually wrong uh, because it will take you ages it's gonna be a lot of suffer uh, a lot of doubt so it's you know it's also something entrepreneurs about who you are and do you have the the guts to do it so now you're someone who's em embraced the fear and, and turned it around and used it that fear of uh, of kind of the plank giving way uh, to drive you to propel you forward and you said earlier in the interview that you you embrace all the failures that you've that you guys have had um, however if you could go back in time um, over those last five years what's the one big thing that you would have done differently <laughs> Um, didn't go into telco business? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it's hard. Uh, when it's you a build question. a company, think of, are you an expert in the industry? That helps a lot. Uh, uh, because, you know, telco is very specific. So we were good in software, but telco is another thing. It's not the software. Do you feel you should have brought in a specialist yeah. into the founding team yeah. earlier? Yeah, yeah. It's important uh, to have specialists uh, in in, at least in, in, in the things you, you do. First, when you do a general software, that's okay. But specifically telco, you know, it's very hard having a, always a consistent quality of voice, uh, good, uh, avoid to have distortion, avoid to have like uh, difference of, uh, of, uh, of um, a few seconds of speech. Et so it's actually et the technological expertise that you would have welcomed. So what do you see for the next three to five years for Aircall and Thunderstore and Jonathan Angulov. What do you think the next few years has in store for you? So for Airco, um, you know, it's keep growing, um, keep hitting the market extremely hard and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, revolutionizing the way the phone system industry works, uh, how our software is going to revolutionize uh, uh, companies, the way they work, the way they integrate their phone to their tools, etc., etc. So I guess uh, going to, of course, a billion dollar company. We are not so far anymore, but uh, still a long way. So um, you're halfway there. That's pretty good. Not halfway. One, one quarter way. Oh, that's Let's good. Say. That's good. Uh, no, but there, that's there, amazing. Yeah, there is, there, but there is still a lot of work, uh, and and I think it's the hardest part is coming now. So um, we we're going there, and it's really where you know it's it's like I don't know. I want to make my mom proud somehow, uh, and uh, that would be bu building uh, like a billion dollar company. And for Turner Stone again, we need to speak to Archer. But yeah. I think he can really revolutionize a little bit the way uh, companies are, are working, uh, sorry, shops are, are, are selling, and uh, probably a few hundreds of employees uh, in the next couple of years for him, I hope. And uh, hopefully I have a few hotels in the next <laughs> couple of years as well, because my idea is to buy one hotel per year, you see? Yeah. So I bought one 2018, so now I'm trying to buy one 2019 already. Lots um, of irons in the fire, and I think it's really beautiful that you've referenced your mother in this way uh, so it's positively. Important. It's really important. Uh, so it's been a pleasure, Jonathan. Big uh, pleasure. Great to meet you and great to interview. Amazing. Great.
Next episode will be the first of a five-part mini-series with Sean Percival, CMO and Oslo startup whereby a provider of video meeting software, a born content marketer and investment advisor to major accelerators, including 500 startups in the past. In episode one, he'll remind us of the huge cultural phenomenon that was MySpace when he was their VP of marketing and why Facebook ultimately won the day. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. Thank you.